passion, drive, and patience. The formula of winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything for you to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has it covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP it needs to be and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach pod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene product. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers chest hair. And maybe you've grown some winter man tits. At least you can make them hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off in free shipping with my promo code Bubba. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full-body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or your treasure chest in your pant, doesn't matter. This is the best trimmer on the market. Inside the performance package, you're going to find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, and Moisturizer. Because we all know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. Nobody likes nose hairs, so their package comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0 as well. You're also going to get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, about a $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers. And if you're wearing sandals, you're going to need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Having the right tools for grooming is essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at Manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles at Manscaped.com. Escape.com promo code bubble. Hello. Let's get this party started. Welcome to the Anna Hummel Show. Oh, nice. Got to get the warm lighting. 81390 Bubba, if you would like to call in, join the conversation that I'm having with myself. It's going to be a good one. It always is. We got Bubba 199 tonight. Very excited about it. 8 to 10. Sorry, I'm adjusting the mic and I know it's an, I know it's annoying. Just want it to hit ever so perfectly. All right, perfect. There we go. Bubba 199 tonight, 8 to 10 p.m. on Rumble. I know it's confusing. I know you're at Rumble and you're on Kick and you're on Twitch and you're like, what the hell? But I mean, if you're listening to the show and you're P1, it's not that hard. You already have all these apps on, you know, on standby anyway. So you just click on that, 8 to 10. And for the first time in uh, Bubba Army history, ever since we've been, since the uh, inception of Bubba 199, you will actually be able to sh- see the show on Locals, which is the the newest platform we're trying to get 
get on and in and all around. Um, it will be repurposed on locals after the 199 is live, 8 to 10 on Rumble, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. So, again, if you're if you're that guy in Denver, you know, adjust accordingly. And, hey, right off the bat, we have, what is this, JHM3499. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Uh, for the moolah, for the money, hey, I'll give you a little... I'll give you a little action for $4.99. Don't think that I won't. Uh, so, yeah, make sure that you tune in. The playlist is ready to go. We're celebrating Lummy's birthday. I'll be there. So that's cool. Hey, it's cool. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Uh, we're going to, you're going to see some hot chicks, you know, some titties out, hopefully, and some good music, just kind of joshing around. And uh, hopefully make some money for the operation so that we can uh, live to see another day. And it's always just a good time, you know. I kind of miss the the afterhangs a little bit. I understand that those days are gone now. But it was always kind of cool to be like, hey, we'll hang out afterwards. But, you know, to be honest, uh, not that it was always a, a letdown because it wasn't. But it was just never quite the vibe that I wanted, you know. So I feel like if we want to go out... We should just go somewhere else because usually we just end up with, you know, us watching racing or something. And when you're drunk and you're high or you're both, sometimes that's just not what you want. You're not really into watching cars just go left, 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 left. I'm like, how does anyone fucking watch this? I understand it can be exciting maybe when you're there. Not trying to talk trash, not talking trash. I'm just confused. You know, I get it. It's like golf. Maybe it's fun playing it or even watching it live, but... On TV, it's just like, what? Why? Why, why, why? And maybe if you're invested uh, in a certain driver or you're betting on someone or something, fine, I get it. But just to watch it endlessly on on the TV is confusing to me. It's perplexing to me, but that is okay. I don't have to I don't have to get everything, except I do. 81390 Bubba. <clears throat> Um, very nosy person. I feel like more people are like this. I feel like everybody is like this. Fucking mic. Everybody is a little bit on the nosy end of things. Maybe some more than others. Maybe a lot of people just don't care. But, and it's not that I care in the sense that it affects me emotionally when I ask questions about people. It's more like, I just feel like everyone is predictable. And I just have to f- find out your formula. Maybe that's what I think it is. Because I think on some level, human beings... Oh, hey, Brian from Philly, $50. Super chat. Thank you. So, hey, I'm going to give you some more, some more love there. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you. You're so great. And you're so fun to hang out with. You truly are. And you intermittent fast. So that's a, obviously a win for you and me, everybody involved. Uh, so thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate it. Um, I feel like everybody is somewhat predictable like people have patterns right and I feel like with enough information I can guess your future moves or at least explain why you are the way that you are nothing makes me more annoyed confused perplexed when it, I can't quite figure you out you know a good example of that is Jeffrey Dahmer Okay, the man did some horrific shit. And when I did a deep dive into his his childhood, which is it seems to be the key where all things can go wrong, start going wrong. 
Um, nothing seemed to be alarming. Like he should be a pretty normal person. Uh, I also started doing a little bit of research into, I saw a documentary about, um, one of the Columbine shooters. I think his name was Dylan Klebold, Klebold, Klebold. Um, his mom is a big activist when it comes to mental health and this, that, and the other. And her son was responsible for killing, you know, obviously himself and I think it was what six to eight people and Eric the other guy killed like six to nine people a few more ten maybe so collectively it was almost like 20 people 18 people something like that and they did a a, a deep dive into his childhood in this documentary and it just seemed like he was a normal kid, raised by a normal family. Um, it, it seemed she was the mother was like he was a very loving child, um, and didn't believe it at first when, you know, she found out that her son was responsible for Columbine, and she initially thought that he was brainwashed by the other kid, and and persuaded to do it to shoot everybody up. But then the basement tapes came out and she's like, oh, my son is a stone cold killer. And it's hard from like a mother's point of view, because obviously she wants to think the world of her child. And she she was very honest about a lot of things uh, about that. When she got the news about what was happening, she just hoped that he would die. She was like, I just want him to die so that I don't have to live with him in jail and possibly going through the you know, death row and all that stuff. And also she just wanted him to die because obviously he was killing other people. So when she, when she got the call that there's an active shooter on the campus and her son is the one who's committing this crime along with his best bud, uh, she, she just wished for him to die. So she said a lot of things where you're like, wow, that's, that's pretty hard for, you know, a mother to get in front of and, and admit, but it is what it is. And things like that are perplexing when someone comes from a relatively normal background. You're like, whoa, how does the, how did, how did this person get so fucked up? And you just, then you just got to hand it over to the other side of things. The, maybe not so much the nurture, but the nature side of things. You go, okay, some people are born with a broken kidney or, you know, a, a messed up spine. You got spina bifida or you have some sort of, uh, you can't even say the word, but whatever it, it, it's like mental, you know, why can't I say it? it? I'm not even saying it in like a, in a derogatory sense, but mental disability, let's just say, right. Yeah. Some people are born with that. And some people are just born with a, with a broken brain in a different way that makes them sociopathic, psychopathic, whatever. So I just like making sense of things. Why are people the way that they are? Why Why are you like this? I, I find it to be, I, I find humans to be fascinating. And also I like secrets. I love secrets. I love knowing things that most people don't know or things that would either, I don't know, confirm what I think I already know about you, um, what your next move is going to be, what kind of medications you're taking, what kind of, treatment you're used to your relationship with your wife and your kids and like all those things kind of factor into who you are what your future moves are going to be why you are the way that you are you know so I just find all that sort of stuff fascinating I, I think every human being is fascinating in that 
in that regard and that we all have patterns, how you were raised, you know, were you abused? Were you not? Were you raised this? There are just so many things that go into baking a, an adult human brain that I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I want to know it all. Tell me everything. Now, people can tell you some boring ass stories, but um, I, I, I will always steer the conversation where I want it to go because in my mind, and I don't mean this in the like religious and spiritual way, like everything happens for a reason. I hate when people say that. I'm like, mm, okay, tell that to the 9-11 victims. That's horrible. Why would you say that? Uh, but everything happens for a reason in the sense that there's a motivation for something, you know, there's always a motivation for something. What is that motivation? And that very question led me down a, a, a very long, dark rabbit hole of George Soros or his real name, Georgie Schwartz, I believe is his name, his real name, birth name. And you go, okay, this guy is worth billions of dollars. He's in his 90s. Um, why, why is he trying to tinker and tamper with uh, world and global politics? He got all your money. Take the bag and run. What, what is your motivation to sponsor groups like BLM or women's rights groups or I've heard again I don't know any of this to be true for sure but it like the migrant caravans I'm like where is he sending this money is he Venmoing them money like what the fuck is he sending it to the cartels to the coyotes to bring people over so that the people that they bring over vote democratic is that the long play like what is the motivation why are you never satisfied and then you kind of take a deep dive into his childhood and you go okay live through the holocaust he was saying some weird shit. He he wrote some stuff about if you don't know who George Soros is, very interesting character. Um, kind of like a, a a Wizard of Oz type guy where there's just not a lot known. He kind of stays out of the public eye, but he really is the the center of a lot of conversation when it comes to people who hang to the right. I hate saying right wing, because when you say right wing, even though it's not meant as like a derogatory term or anything. It just, in my head, I see like people goose stepping, you know, and that's not what I mean by it, but like people who hang to the right who are a bit more conservative <clears throat> and also people who are just a bit more wary of the government and the, the dark, the shadowy figures uh, that we don't really hear about on a daily basis. The people that have all the money, big tech, big pharma, all that sort of stuff, um, what they're doing and where they're sending their money uh, you'll hear a lot if you listen to enough Candace Owens and Alex Jones and Tim Pool and even like Patrick Bet David, like all these people who are just, let's say, not mainstream media, not left wing. So whoever that is, everyone from center right, uh, they always met, talk about George Soros, George Soros. And I'm like, and I know a bit about him. I know that he was like, a, I think he was an investment banker. He started a hedge fund. Uh, again, I don't really know too much about the economy or investing, venture capitalism. It's all really Greek to me. I don't really know much about that. But he it was Hungarian. He survived the Holocaust. His whole family remained intact, which was pretty unusual for Jews living in Eastern Europe. But I think his dad finagled some papers and he wore, he made the family wear like crosses around their neck. And because they were fair skinned and had 
you know, blue eyes, light eyes. They were able to pass as Aryan or not Jewish. And George Soros, I think, was even used by the Nazis or hired by the Nazis to as a as a kind of a courier to uh, confiscate a lot of the the things and property of the Jews that they were sending to the gas chambers and to the concentration camps. So a lot of people accuse George Soros of, quote, selling out, right? Like he sold out his own people. He himself, a Jew, was helping the Nazis confiscate property for Jews. But then, you know, the other side of me is like, well, what was he going to do? You know, when when the game is self-preservation and it's either like, okay, you help the Nazis and they're going to take this from the Jews anyways, or you stand up and then you go to the gas chambers or you get shot or you go to a concentration camp. Like, are you really helping if you're throwing yourself under the bus? Sometimes that happens on Bubba's show, not relating Bubba to Adolf Hitler or anything like that. But, you know, sometimes when if I try to stand up for Blummy or Red or Dan or something, I just end up getting in trouble. Now everybody's in trouble. Now Bubba's more mad. So what, what's the point? Sometimes you just got to shut your fucking mouth and be complicit. And that's, I think, what George Soros was doing. He was also 14 during the Holocaust. He was a young boy. He wasn't a grown man. He did write some interesting things um, when reflecting on his his time living through that time period, he said it was like, quote, again, I, I don't think this is a direct quote, but he said it was like the best time of his life. Something something bizarre that you wouldn't expect. But for him, because it was, you know, it was like a thrilling time. A lot of people, and I've talked about this before, where anxiety and excitement are essentially the same physiologically in the body. And it's just the, the story you tell yourself. So for for me, for example, oh hey, Mike Thoreauman, forty nine ninety nine. I love you on a rock on with your badass self from SoCal, Valencia, known for Magic Mountain, Six Flags. What it do? Uh, thank you so much, Mike. And by the way, I I know a couple weeks ago you you donated um, fifty dollars. And I saw it after the show, and I think Bubba mentioned it the following Monday morning. But I felt really bad because I really didn't give you the shout out that you deserved and because I, I missed it. And I apologize. So thank you, Mike. Thank you, Brian from Philly. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, so back to Soros. He's 14. He's during the Holocaust. When reflecting on this time, he said it was the best time of his life because he found it just to be a really exciting, thrilling time, which is which is odd. You know, um, it's an odd thing to say. But then you go, uh, okay, you know, and then this guy turns into uh, an investment banker. I don't know if he was a banker, an investor, started a hedge fund where he was making these giant risks, like throwing almost like his entire portfolio, um, you know, predicting what's going to happen. The economy is going to fall, short selling stocks, blah, blah, blah. And he makes a crazy amount of money doing this. I mean, this is a guy that gets off on taking really, really big risks. And maybe he was primed for that when he was living through the Holocaust and he's like, and he made it through and he goes, whew, wow, that was really scary, but kind of fun. I think we've all been in those situations, not saying we want to live through genocide or a world war, but you know, if you don't crash the car when you're going 160 miles an hour, it can be very thrilling, right? Uh, now you crash your car, now you're dead. Um, so not so thrilling, but if you make it through, then you're like, wow, that was quite a rush. I mean, I imagine that's why people go skydiving 
or go on crazy roller coasters or go bungee jumping or take drugs from strangers, whatever your, you know, whatever your shtick is. Um, yeah, so he just kind of got off on the fact that he got through a really risky time and maybe that those during those formative years kind of shaped him into the person that he that he is today. I know that he was influenced by someone he a mentor, a philosopher he studied under at the London University or the what is it? The London School of Economics, I wanna say. <clears throat> Anyways, Long story short, I'm just trying to learn about this guy because there's just there's so much to know about a character who has so much influence, especially the people that have influenced that you don't know they have influenced. Those are the ones I think that are truly influential because kind of like money laundering, they're almost like influence laundering. Right. So it's like I'm not going to get it out in front as the activist. I'm going to just call myself a philanthropist, kind of stay behind the scenes and just kind of funnel money into these organizations that are taking the forefront with whatever cause that I'm attached to. Seems like Soros is a bit of a, a globalist. I don't think he's a big fan of borders. So that could make sense, especially when you're coming from a time where countries were uh invading other countries and there was a lot of um derision and and tension between ethnic groups and things like that so i can kind of understand where he's like why can't we all get along we're just the human race and i know the guy that he studied under i think it was carl popper or something was a big fan of globalism and uh i think a a free society a border free society now, I understand, like, I get influenced by people, don't get me wrong, where I'm like, oh, that's a great idea, but I, I, I don't think I would be throwing billions of dollars, even if I had them, doing something like that. But again, who, who knows? Who knows what's in this guy's head and what he's trying to do? So anyways, again, long story short, it's just kind of a, a reason why I'm so interested in people, especially people of influence, but really anybody. Because in my mind, I go, okay, I can figure you out. I can figure you out. You do X, Y, and Z. Tell me about your upbringing. Did you have a father? You know, when I have friends, right? Girlfriends. And they, uh, maybe they're a little loose. Maybe they're a little slutty. Maybe they, maybe they have uh, <clears throat> daddy issues. Or what I perceive as daddy issues. They're very clingy. They have attachment style problems. I go, okay. In my head, I'm already much like... Uh, Big tech that's constantly listening in on you. I'm taking in data all the time. I'm taking in data and I say, okay, well, from the data points I have, you're, you know, a loose drunk slut, you uh, have attachment issues, you're codependent, whatever the case may be. I am backfilling with what I think I know about you. I think you probably didn't have a strong father figure, maybe a broken home. Maybe there's drugs involved in your upbringing. I don't know. Maybe you were exposed to sex too early. Maybe you were molested as a child and you've kind of detached from sex and that way it's not a big deal for you and that's why you're a bit more promiscuous than most. Whatever the case may be. Then when you start to ask questions about their childhood set upbringing and then I am right like 90% of the time, I go, okay, that you add up in my head, no further questions. That makes sense because I feel like I had 
uh, I have a formula. I had input A. I had input B, and we got conclusion C. And I are now what I'm looking at initially is I got conclusion C. Now I'm trying to backfill. And then when you give me the the data points that I need, I go yes, right again. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, so sorry I'm nosy. Sorry I'm curious. So I can't help it. Even when we were, um, <laughs> I was sitting with Bubba. I was uh, having a snack between shows. And Bubba just started, um, he said he was sending pictures to somebody. He's like, oh, I'm sending pictures to someone. And I go, what kind of pictures? Like, it just came out. And he just looks at me and I go, I'm so sorry. It's literally like a like a knee tap reaction. I can't help it. I want to know more. I want to know everything about you. And and that's about you, too. Like, even if we're hanging out at, a, at an event, even at the, um, what do you call it? The Tarpons game, right? There were a few people that I was able to have like real conversations with. I'm not going to name names, but I start if I start to go deep with you, and you're telling or you you tell me something somewhat something unusual or whatever, I, I'm going to start trying to backfill it. What what happened? Why are you like this? How are you coping with it? What was your upbringing? I just want to. I just I just feel like humans are predictable. In, in some ways. And when they're not, that's when I have to, I feel like I'm just, how did this happen? Like with Jeffrey Dahmer. That that one, like, is terrifying to me because it's like, you want that guy to be molested when he was a kid. Because you want to think that there was something that someone did wrong that created that monster. But if you're like, man, I could have a kid that turns out to be Jeffrey Dahmer, even if I raised them well. And they go to a nice school and they have clothes on their back and everything's great. They could be a Jeffrey Dahmer or they could be suicidal or they could be. It's like that's frightening because in my mind, I'm like, we have control over everything. But you know what? Sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's just bad luck and you get a bad pick of the litter and you got a kid like Dylan Klebold who, you know, you're taking him on family fucking vacations to, to Boulder and he's going rock climbing and he's in soccer and you're just like oh i just have this sweet kid and then he just shoots up a fucking school and you go huh how did that happen how could we prevent it people want answers and that's what his mom was saying was you know people immediately look to the parents and i'm like well yeah i mean can you really blame them can you really blame if it, if, if if someone is a is a is a thug and kills a bunch of people or they're in a gang you go, uh, where were the parents? And then when you find out that, you know, mom's a drug addict and dad was in and out of prison and, uh, you know, they were touched by an uncle, you go, yeah. That, it's like you want to hear that because you're like, yeah, that's exactly what is in line with what I expected. And the universe makes sense. But when the universe doesn't add up, that's when people that's when people aren't happy. Like me, I go, I, that makes no sense to me. I have to figure you out some more. Why are you so anxious? Why are you suicidal? Why, 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 why? What happened? What went wrong? I want to know what I can do to prevent this in the future. If I have a child or, you know, I'm just giving unsolicited advice as I do so often. A1390 Bubba. I was about to pick up that call, by the way. So sorry. Uh, yeah. So I'm sorry if, if, you know, you get to know me and I start asking a lot of questions. I was called out twice on the bachelorette party. Two separate occasions by two people. Um, that said, wow, you, you ask a lot of follow-up questions. I'm like, well, you can't just tell me. First off, 
people people like it until they don't. Let me explain. When when you take interest in someone's life, they like you for that. But then sometimes you have to find out where their boundaries are. So, for example, when I was in De- was it well, not Denver, Boise, where the fuck I, I was, uh, I was in Boise, um, and I was talking to one girl I knew from college. I hadn't seen her in fifteen years, and it was me, her, and then her, her friend that I'll be staying with in Denver, <clears throat> who I met, who has a house there. So very nice for her. Thank you so much for having me. But you know, we're we're talking about some stuff, and she casually mentions that she's on SSRIs. Okay, now my, she was, in in full disclosure, she was a horrible storyteller. She's telling some boring ass story about her boyfriend's mom and why they don't like her. And she doesn't understand why. And you're just like, oh God. Like in my head, it's like every red pill fucking dude that's like women suck. Women are the worst. They can't tell stories. They have no idea beginning, middle and end. Like they don't know how to make anything compelling. This is so fucking boring. You know, and then uh, through all that trash, she mentions that she's on SSRIs and my eyes, my ears perk up. I go, oh, oh, interesting. I I smell some some mental illness. So let's dive a little deeper, shall we? Uh, So I started asking her questions, you know, and you got to go like, would you mind if I ask you a question about that? You you have to because you are you're interested and like I've never had anyone say no to me. But if you, if you just start asking questions, like I do with Bubba sometimes, because, you know, Bubba and I are pretty close, so I feel like sometimes I take liberties I shouldn't, I suppose. Uh, but with this girl, I go, can I ask you a question about that? Because in that way, you don't sound judgmental. You sound curious. And everyone likes to think that they're an interesting person. If I was telling someone information, if I'm disclosing information about myself that I clearly want people to know because I'm talking about it, and someone wants to ask a follow-up question because they found that compelling or interesting, you're going to say, hell yeah, ask more questions about me because I like talking about me. And I know this about people, so I use it against them. So I say, huh, can I ask you a question about that? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. So then that's when you start to pry. And you go, okay, uh, like, why? why? Why do you take SSRIs? You know, is it is it this like a recent development? Are you feeling sad? Because I've learned recently that a lot of times depression doesn't really manifest as sadness. Often it, it it's more of like an existential. Why am I even doing this? Is more of what a depression thing is. I think. I think because sadness is usually just a a reaction to things like someone was mean to you. Or, you know, you're having problems with your family or your wife or your kid and or whatever. Your dog died and you're sad. And no one would say that you, you're chronically sad. That's, that's, you know, you're, you're acutely sad for whatever reason. But depression is different. It's not that you're like sitting around and crying, which it may manifest that way. It seems more so that it's like a a lack of interest in things you once enjoyed. It's uh, like a lack of will to live when it gets really bad. Um, You don't really feel feel fulfilled in your life. You don't understand your purpose. It's a lot of people who are disconnected from their purpose. Well, Anna, how do I find my purpose? I don't fucking know. Lean into things that bring you joy and kind of move in that direction is what I would say. 
But Anna, is that profitable? I don't know. Not here to solve all your problems. So anyways, I was asking her about it. She's like, yeah, I've been like, I get like a little weepy sometimes. There's a fly. Uh, I go, okay, well, I don't, is that, uh, like, I'm like, is that depression? Or is there, you know, I'm like, maybe you're acutely sad over something. Like, you know, she went through a breakup within the last year or so. I'm like, maybe that's why you're sad. There's nothing wrong with your sadness it's just that you're sad so you know of course i'm like immediately i was hot on the gut microbiome a month ago still am but you know back then or a month ago i was like really hot on the deal so i'm like well i mean it could be what you're eating or not eating um i'm like do you go outside do you exercise? And she's like, not as much as I should have. So I just take my happy pills. So I'm like, okay. So in my mind, I'm like, right. So you would rather just default. So in my mind, I'm like, you're weak-willed. You can't think for yourself. You um, are not a very ambitious person. Like, And I know that I'm right on all these things when talking to this person. Because I feel like, not most people, but people who want agency and self-control and want to make themselves better aren't going to just immediately resort to a, a, a drug. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna just do that unless they've exhausted everything else. Are you exercising? Are you trying to get endorphins in your brain? You gotta like you gotta like biohack your shit, which is why I love biohacking so much and learning about it because it's like I'm sad. Something's wrong. It's like no, something's wrong with the input. You're you know you're being lazy and you're not proud of yourself, so you get depressed. Because you're not doing hard things. You have to be doing hard things. That's why I constantly, like, torture myself, whether it be jujitsu or fasting or running in the heat or or weightlifting. I'm like, in my mind, and I talked about this last week, if I'm not feeling some sort of suffering or pain, not like a, not to the point where I'm, like, flogging myself or even, like, David Goggins, but to some point where I'm uncomfortable. If I'm not uncomfortable for a little bit every day, I'm, like, depressed. Because I'm like, I'm not pushing myself like I should. So if you're just scrolling on social media and you're not exercising, you're not eating right, and then you're sad and you're like, why am I sad? I need pills. It's like, well, the pills really aren't going to do much. I don't know what to tell you. So, you know, I'm just like, well, have you have you thought about maybe like getting exercise? I mean, and she was a thin girl. So it's obviously I'm not telling her that she's fat. I'm like, I'm like. It'll boost your mood if you go outside for a bike ride like I did earlier that day and 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 go in the sun and, and just move around. You're going to just feel so much better. And you live in Denver, for God's sakes. I mean, like, it's beautiful. There's hiking and uh, kayaking and all, all the recreational granola Subaru driving shit that you can do. It's in Denver. So I'm like, why did you move to a place to just be inside, work remotely all day? Working remotely is, is, honestly, I think it's some of the worst shit that is happening to society. It's good and it's bad. Obviously, it's convenient. And you're like, Anna, but now I can work for a New York-based company company and not have to fucking live in New York City. Yeah, that's great. That's great. But also, I mean, you have no team synergy um, unless you're doing other stuff, right? So I know there's a lot of people like, for example, my gym and jujitsu who work remotely, but then those are the people that are like making a point to go out on the weekend with other people from the gym. They get together all the time. I've been out one time with these people and that was to watch uh, the MMA fight, which didn't go well. But, uh, a lot of these people get, get together every weekend. And in my head, I'm like, why the fuck are they doing that every weekend? 
oh, that's right, they work remotely and they don't have human interaction during the week, so they need to get their fix. Whereas with me, I'm spending anywhere from four to six hours talking to people every day. By the time I leave, like, I don't want to fucking see anybody. You know, it it is real, especially, you know, the more you host or the more responsibility there is that you're kind of like forced to have conversations or take the lead in conversations, the less you want to talk to people after that because it's it's taxing and it's like you have to really focus and dial it in. So, yeah, I was super confused. I mean, there's been times, I'll even admit it, there have been times I've not gone to jujitsu because I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm not in the mood for talking. And in jujitsu, uh, you got to talk. You got to, at the beginning of the class, you're doing technique. You got to communicate with your with your partner, you're tapping, you're you're talking, and sometimes I was just like, you know what? I don't want to see anybody's fucking face today, so I'm not going. Uh, so yeah, uh, social interaction is really important. I don't think it's great that a lot of people work remotely because the, a lot, oftentimes, those people don't supplement with other activities because no, very few adults have hobbies. Very few adults have hobbies, and it's a problem because you need to. You need to be hobbies allow you usually involve, you know, a sport or skill and something that you're trying to improve on. And even better, if you're trying to do it with like a community of people, you know, you are into droning or you are into pottery or dancing or the silks is like a big thing that people do, whatever jujitsu, whatever the thing is, it doesn't really matter. Running club. If you're trying to get better and you kind of have like a, a, a joint group community statement of like, hey, we're trying to be faster runners or we're trying to stay in shape or whatever, like that's really, really important. Um, but a lot of people don't supplement that. They just think like, why am I sad? I'm here all alone in a dark room all day on the Internet with fake friends. And I don't know why I'm not happy. And all I eat is processed bullshit, da-da-da. And then they they have emotional problems and they think they're sad. And they're just like, I now get to have a mental illness. And mental illness is, like, really hot right now. It It is. Everybody wants to have one. <clears throat> because uh, it's, like, a, it's a way of acquiring, I don't know. It's like a weird sort of social currency to to go through adversity, right? So nobody wants to be white. Nobody wants to be straight. Nobody wants to be normal. It's like dare to be different. I am uh, gay, black, trans, queer with uh, bipolar disorder and a hint of uh, borderline personality disorder. Like that's what people want because they. I, I feel like in my mind they think that that will get them attention in the form of will just get them attention point blank but it usually comes in the form of pity or sympathy which for strong-willed people they don't want that shit like you meet people who dude this guy named uh nick his last name is something italian he's kind of like a local dude i think he's been on drew grabber live a few times motherfucker has one arm and no legs and the one arm he's got, he has, like, a thumb, okay? I'm sure you've seen this guy. It's, like, Santorini, uh, Sensoni, I don't know, not Bill Sensoni, whatever. Um, it's, I'm sure you guys have seen him. Obviously, he's a short guy. He ain't got no legs. But he is a powerhouse. Like, he's all tatted up. He has pictures with The Rock. He's, like, working out all the time. He's, like, the fucking hottest girlfriend on the planet. Um, you know, nice haircut. Cute guy, like, cute face. 
Uh, but this motherfucker got no legs and he's got one arm and on that one arm he got a thumb like that or it's an index finger. It's something, but that's all he's got. And this motherfucker couldn't be happier. He's got such a good attitude um, about life. Like, you know, so um, I forgot where I was going with that, but he's just he's a he's a positive person. He you 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 determine what kind of narrative you want your life to be. Do you want to be a sad person? You know, do you like being a victim? Because that guy doesn't. That guy doesn't like being called a victim. He's like, I'm not a victim. Don't call me that because I don't want anybody's pity. I don't want anybody's sympathy. That's not the attention I'm looking for. I'm looking for, you know, to inspire people. I'm not, again, I'm not speaking in first person here, but for him, he's like, I want to inspire people. I want to encourage people. I mean, yeah, that guy, does that guy make me feel bad about myself? Yes. Because I'm like, man... I'm so tired. I can't do it. I'm, you know, whenever you're feeling sorry for yourself and then you see like fucking one finger Jones and he's like killing it and you go, well, okay, well, I guess I don't have an excuse anymore. Thanks for normal shaming me, you piece of shit. But that's the kind of people that I like to surround myself with, not people that are feel like they're a victim of their circumstances um, but feel like they can rise up and overcome and with a, with the right mindset, you could pretty much, I don't want to say do anything. Cause I'm not going to lie to you. That guy's not going to be a basketball player, but you know, you can, you can live a very fulfilled and successful life. Even if you think the, the cards are stacked against you, you know, so you could, you could cry and you could get upset and you could be like Jill Scott and, you know, be shitty. Let her be shitty. Um, you know, I'm not going to allow that sort of behavior to affect me. Uh, very disrespectful stuff. Like, sometimes I'm, like, just shocked. I'm like, you, do you, have you ever looked at a map and then, you know, randomly pointed to a country and then investigate it? Because chances are it sucks to live there. Chances are the government is really corrupt. Not saying ours isn't. But at least you could, when the president comes out at at a baseball game and it's like, uh, President Donald Trump is here and you can go, Fuck you, stupid fucking bitch. I hope you die. And you don't go to jail. And no one takes you away. And you don't get put in prison. And uh, nobody puts a bag over your head and 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 handcuffs you and, and takes you away and you're never seen again. Uh, that shit doesn't happen in this country. A lot. You could go ahead and say that shit. You could be like, hey, fuck you, president. I hate you. And that's fine. You think uh, they get away with that shit in Russia? Probably not. Do you think they get away with that shit in Saudi Arabia? Probably not. Mexico? Maybe. Don't say shit about the Sinaloas. You know, so we, we although our, our system is corrupt and, you know, Hunter Biden and it's fucked up shit. But that's just, you're never going to solve that in my mind. So, yeah, I'll take the Hunter Biden stuff. I'll take the cocaine in the White House. But, uh, and, I'll, and I'll take that for not living in places like Saudi Arabia or Indonesia or Russia. Like, I will take that all day, every day, if I can just have the freedom to say mostly what I want to say. And even when we are like, man, our freedoms are being taken away, being shut down, and it does suck, you know, especially when you're getting taken off of YouTube, you're being shadow banned, you know, at least no one is... Well, again, I'm not going to say no one, but you know, no one's throwing you in jail for that shit. 
they may try to railroad you, making Kelly you and, and put you in, in prison for some other stuff. Don't get me wrong. But for the most part, you can kind of get away with what whatever you want to say, even though it is, it is shitty that they're, you know, shutting you down and stuff. But what I'm saying is where we live is is awesome, it, comparably, obviously. You know, so you could scream and cry and we don't have a great history, but like show me a country that does. Show me a country that that didn't have slavery pre, you know, 1800. You won't find one. If people can take advantage of other people, they will. Oh, Jason Kubis, Kubis dang, Kubis, Kubis Slack. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm butchering your name, sir. Uh, Mr. Jason, $10 on the Super Chat. Thank you so much. So it, it's important to criticize things that you see that are wrong, obviously. You know, keep your head on a swivel. Uh, you know, oh, interesting. They just decided that the Secret Service just couldn't figure it out. Cocaine. Couldn't figure it out. We'll just stop looking. Okay. You know, you could choose to believe that like a sheep or you could go, yeah, hmm, interesting. Um, might be some other nefarious uh, factors at play. Right. And you can criticize the United States all you want. The war in Ukraine. What are we doing? We just got out of a 20 year war. We're getting right in the mix with another one. Um, My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get when you're talking through Mint Mobile. I mean, I can't believe that I've been living some other life with all this scratchy mobile when I can get crystal clear and the best mobile through Mint Mobile. And I can do it all for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. I can afford this. How much have I been paying on my other plan? Probably getting gouged. But it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plan. I mean, I'm talking jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Say goodbye to all that nonsense. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with a premium wireless plan starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month to get this new customer offer and your three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba that's mintmobile.com forward slash b-u-b-b-a cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash bubba 45 dollars upfront payment required equivalent to 15 a month new customers on first three-month plan only speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plans additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see mintmobile.com for details. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. 
And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. So that the military-industrial complex churns. This is a proxy war with Russia. We're trying to poke the bear. We're, you know, having it so more Ukrainians die and more... um, was there. Uh, more Ukrainians die, more Russians die at the hands of this this useless and needless war uh, so that we don't have to put American lives at risk. You know, there's plenty of arguments and plenty of criticisms, but at the same time, you have to go, listen, I'll take my problems over their problems any day of the week. Right. That doesn't mean you don't have problems, but you go, would you trade problems with that country or that person? Uh, no, I'll take my problems. Thank you very much. Doesn't mean I'm not going to fetch about it. Doesn't mean I'm not going to complain about it. But it just it's a good perspective to have to constantly be like, yeah, that's fucked up what's going on with Hunter Biden. That's not okay. I don't like it what's going on with Ukraine and the cocaine and the whores and the white claws and all this sort of stuff and the Clintons and the Bushes and the 9-11 and the demolition of Tower 7. It's, it's okay to criticize stuff or be skeptical of what's going on in the United States. But then it's also equally as important to go, yeah, I'll take these problems all day over all that other shit that's going on in you know, the Middle East, Asia, Africa. Yep, yep, I'll, yep, I'll take it. Yep, co- uh, co- COVID uh, vaccine, yep, I'll take it. I just don't send me to, uh, you know, Sudan. I'm good. I'll stay right here. Don't, don't, don't send me to the Congo. Nope, I'm good. Nope, not to Ukraine, not to Russia. Nope, I'm good. So, yeah, it's just, it's important to kind of have, you know, the, the seesaw of, criticizing but also being very grateful for the problems that we do have in this country, if that makes sense. Now let's get to a call so someone else can talk. Hello, who's this? Hi, Anna, it's Mark. Mark the Frog, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. I'm all done. I'm on my way home. I'll be home in about 45 minutes. Oh, fantastic. So, uh, I lost about 12 pounds, but not so much intermittent fasting, but I got rid of all the processed foods and all the fast food and stuff like that. Yeah, processed food is, is some of the worst shit that you can have on a regular basis. So, yeah, that that that's number one is to cut that shit out, yeah. Because there's not much choices on the road for truck stops, so I, I try to do groceries and then bring, bring more fruits and vegetables. Yeah, you know, I just, I can't buy that. I, I hear that a lot. It's You're on the road and stuff. I'm like... And again, I'm not FTE. Ana, you don't know. You're right. I don't know. But I mean, like, how hard is it to, like you said, go to the store? And I get it. It's like you want a hot meal. So maybe that's it. But like, you could easily go and grab a a ready to go salad, right? Or from Publix or Kroger, Albertsons, where the fuck you are. Grab some fruit, grab some veggies. And yeah, maybe it'll take a little bit more preparation. But in the long run, I definitely think it's worth it. Don't you think? Yeah, because we don't have access a lot of times because we have a big trailer in the back. Oh, that's so true. You're right. Yeah. So yeah. I, got, I got three fridges in my truck. There you go. Fridges, I, just store just stuff in there. There you go. Beautiful. So I've lost about 12 pounds so far. Excellent. So um, what happened with the... I listened to the uh, after show yesterday. <laughs> Did Alex try to call back? Yeah, I'm going to just stay out of that one, uh, Mark the Frog. So all I can really tell you is whatever information, I've seen some exchanges on Twitter. So, you know, you can you can go down the Twitter rabbit hole and try to 
find the drama for yourself. Um, you know, everything yeah. that I posted on Instagram, our podcast, YouTube, shameless plug. Um, if you go to all that stuff and you can just kind of put it together yourself, but, and here's the thing, I'm not even withholding information. I don't, I don't have any additional information. I did not speak to Bubba yesterday after he left. So everything that was on the air is all that I know. And I haven't heard this morning show either, so I'll probably hit watch that later on. Well, honestly, he didn't talk about it. He said he wasn't going to talk about it today. That's what Bubba said. And he was like, don't ask oh, me okay. questions about it. I'm not going to talk about it. And he just, he left it alone. So, you know, everything you know, so I know. Or I know you know, I mean. Hey, so Belinda Fennel, be Fennel, $20 on the Super Chat. Thank you so much. I'm making that money for Bubba today. <laughs> Thank you. Mark the Frog, sorry, go yeah, ahead. One thing, one thing I wanted to ask you the last time, I, not that I want to know where Blitz works, but what type of work does he do now? Um, I'm just kind of, kind of keep that information private. If you can get a hold of him and you want to ask him about it, be my guest. But you know, okay. I'm just, yeah, fair, fair yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm really not, but it's just not my information to tell. If he wants people to know, he'll let people know. As long as he's happy, that's all that matters. That's he's, he's doing great. And, and thank you for everybody that, that asked about him. He's doing great. Um, he's happy. He's healthy. We're doing great as a couple, and we're having a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. How you, how you like the new crib? Um, well, the penthouse is awesome, and we say goodbye to the penthouse today. But the new crib in our the place that we did move to is great. It's in a beautiful neighborhood. It's I feel like I'm living the the true Americana experience. I see a lot of American flags. I see. You know, trailers in the driveway, people riding their bike, kids in the street, you know, playing ball. It's it's very Americana and it's awesome. Lots of trees. I love trees. Typical all American neighborhood. Yes. Kind of thing. It's fantastic. Thank you for asking, Mark the Frog. All right. Well, you have a great weekend. You as well. I'll see you uh, tonight when you tune in for Bubba 199, okay? Oh, yes. I forgot it. Yeah, I'm going to be watching. Don't forget. It's on the Rumbles. It's on the Rumbles tonight, 8 to 10. And I watch it on my big 65-inch TV. Oh, fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Mark. Appreciate you. Oh, snap. Brian from Philly is back with another $10 on the Super Chat. Eat whatever you want and just puke it up. It works great. He's not wrong. Um, not giving dietary advice to tell you to purge, but hey, uh, you know, it's a, it, it can be effective is what I will say about that. Again, um, if you're just tuning in, make sure that you tune in tonight for Bubble 199. Uh, it's going to be great music. We're going to have great people in the studio. We'll be celebrating Lemmy's birthday with lots of cakes. I saw one in the fridge. I think Maria is bringing another one. Um, there'll be drinks. There'll be, you know, some hot shakes with titties out. Everybody loves that shit. And, uh, yeah, 8 to 10 on Rumble, 8 to 10 uh, Eastern Standard Time. So, yeah, so we say goodbye to the penthouse today. Uh, I'm going to make sure that everything is as clean and pristine as possible. I will make sure that all the, the pill bottles that I've been looking at are facing the, the direction of which they, uh, you know, were left. Because I am very aware of where, like, my shit is. Now I just... I don't take any medications, thankfully, but like, for example, if someone messes with my space, my workspace here, even if like the, the headphones are adjusted a little bit here or there, I'm like, okay, someone was sitting here. You know, I'm very vigilant with that sort of stuff. 
I think I'm way more than most. I know some people like don't even pay attention to anything. Like they'll just throw something in the fridge and for example, and then all of a sudden, like if I put something in the fridge here and all of a sudden it's on a different shelf the next day, I'm not going to not notice that. Like I'll remember exactly where I put it, where it was facing. And then I look inside, has it been tampered with? Has it been played with? Has it been partially eaten? All that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, so we say goodbye to the penthouse today, and I want to make it pristine and beautiful and wonderful and clean so that we are invited back, I think, for the whole month of September. Um, I would like to be back. Uh, Things that I've kind of learned about myself in the last week at the penthouse is, although it was super cool, um, there's just nothing that beats being able to just walk out of your front door into your driveway, get in your car. Um, the penthouse is beautiful. It's a wonderful condo, a stunning view. But something about having, uh, you know, 150 neighbors in your building kind of rubs me the wrong way. Eleva- the elevator is awful. It's awesome because it hasn't broken or anything like that. But elevator, like the forced chat that you're meant to have in an elevator is really uh, something that I don't like doing. Because even if you get into it with someone, not into it in a bad way, but like have a conversation with someone, I mean, if they're on a jobber floor, like floor four or something, it you can't really talk too long. You got about seven seconds before that conversation is over. Uh, so it's really enough to just say hi and bye. And then sometimes when you don't really have good rapport, then, you know, they're on floor 20 and you're stuck with them for a good... 30 to 40 seconds, which you're like, that's not a long time, but it is when you're just standing in a box with someone staring at them and they're staring at you. It can feel like eternity. So that's happened to me a few times. Like, hi. And I'm happy with just a hi. We get in the box. We don't talk. We get out of the box. But sometimes people like to, you could tell when people are itching to be spoken to or um, they want to talk to you maybe. And sometimes you just feel like it's the polite thing to do is to chat your neighbor up, be neighborly. Uh, But that sucks. So you're just like stuck in this box. Like I was talking to this like four-year-old yesterday. Um, I'm like, floor this and, you know, floor whatever. And he was just like, you know, and he couldn't reach it. And I'm like, do you want me to press it? His dad's like trying to help him, lift him up. You know, we're trying to get the kid involved in the floor pressing in the elevator. And then... You know, I'm like just staring at this kid and I look kind of crazy because I just came back from jujitsu and my hair is fucked up. And he's like, didn't want to look at me. He looked clearly scared. And I, I then I kind of caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror because there's a mirror in the elevator. My hair, you know, I look like Albert Einstein. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'd be scared too. So you, you have to, oh, did you go swimming? And then the kid didn't want to answer. And then his dad's like forcing him, like, don't be, don't be pussy. Stop being so shy. And, and then I'm like, oh, God, now I'm tra- traumatizing this kid because I'm just trying to be nice. Um, sh- I shouldn't have done that. You know, my bad. Sorry, kid. Put him through this horrible experience. Now every time he sees me, he's going to have, like, a panic attack because I'm going to ask him, you know, oh, where'd you get your Spider-Man slides? And he's going to freak out, and I don't want him to freak out. But, um, you know, such is the life when you're, when you're living with, uh, you know, 200 people in your building, which I don't. Again, and I love what I love the most about the condo, obviously, is the condo. But secondly, is just it's so close to everything. I'm six minutes away from the jujitsu gym. I'm like 10 minutes away from work. Everything's just so close. Publix is walkable distance. 
So it's fantastic in that regard. So uh, it's kind of like our our summer getaway place, which I really, really like. And there's a really cool pool. And, you know, when you're there for a few days, you start to get to know the, the other people there. You start, and it, me being a very observant person, obviously, you like to try to put all the pieces together with all the people at the pool. And then when you're on a high floor like us, and you find the owner's binoculars, that really takes it to the whole next level. Oh, are, the, are those people humping each other in the pool? I thought that guy was with that girl. I thought they were married. Now he's talking to another chick. What's going on? You know, so then you start spying on neighbors. It's great. It's fantastic. So, um, but then those neighbors are probably spying on you. So that's just kind of how that goes. So it's been really fun spying on everybody for the last week. And um, I'm going to rush home after I'm done, done here and make sure that that place is motherfucking spick and motherfucking spam so we can be invited back uh, in a couple months to enjoy, uh, you know, the tail end of summer. Let's take a call. Hello, is this? On home with Joe the Supermarket. Joe, my favorite. Uh, how are you doing? Are you able to get out of your bed? No. Oh. And uh, I don't know if that'll ever happen based on the pain that's in my foot moving up through my legs and so on and so forth. Yes. So that's the problem. But I'm still positive as ever. Good. Yes. Yeah, so the mindset yeah, is, is, limitation. is crucial. You, you were talking about limitations before. Yes. And I have many. People put limitations on themselves. And that's not one of my limitations. It's not a it's a strong for me. It's not a limitation. I'm learning so much more in this situation than I did in the first 40 years of my life. Well, that's a great way to look at it, you know, and a lot of people will say, will lament about how much time was lost. Like, oh, if only I knew this when I was 15 or 20 or even 25. And I honestly, when people start talking like that, I'm just like, you are wasting your time, your mental energy, like you're feeling sorry for yourself. You're still living in the past when that happens, when you are lamenting about the past over and over and over again. I'm not trying to throw shade at Bubba right now, but... It is true that you are reliving the past. You haven't fully left the past. And it's really hard for you to navigate a path to success in the future or not say success, happiness in the future. If you are, you know, just stuck in a, in a you know, in a hamster wheel of the past because you can you can think about it zero times or a million times. It's not going to change the outcome. So that's something that I have a problem with, but I try to catch myself when I'm in a loop like that. And I go, it's literally over. So, and I really don't do that much. I really don't lament on the past. I usually worry about the future. That's my problem, which is right. right? That's usually what I'm doing. But as regard to the past, I go, it's, it's done. It's filed away. We put it away. We can either say that was good. That was bad. Let's learn from it either way, either more of it, less of it amend it, something. Um, and, and that's all you can really do. But I, I, I applaud you for not just being stuck in the past and feeling sorry for yourself because nobody wants to be around Hell that no. shit. And, every, and everything is a quest for knowledge now, whereas it wasn't so much before. I was just taking everything for granted. Like, this won't, like, touch you, but, like, in 98, for example, I was almost 20 years old, and that was the best era to live in for professional wrestling ever. Right. So... I got to experience that era. I didn't appreciate it while it was there. And now everybody looks back and says, oh, the Attitude Era, oh, the Monday Night Wars, that was the best ever. I know it's a horrible analogy for you, but you kind of get what I'm saying where, you know, when we're living in it, we don't get it. And then we're 
out of it and then we look back and say, oh, my God, that was awesome. I got to do that. I got to do this. Right. Like, for example, something that something that just came up. You know how y'all released the first ever serious show on Locals? Yes. Okay. So I was listening to that in 28 minutes in the first ever call on the first day ever above on Sirius was me. And oh was shit. Awesome. No way. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't even remember doing that. <laughs> so it was just so cool. Like I'm like, even things from the past when they pop back up, they're cool. But like you were saying, everybody's so focused on the future. Yeah. And, I tend to worry about the future, uh, but a lot of people get stuck in the past. And my favorite thing is not worrying about the future. Whenever a thought of the future comes in, just I turn it off and I move into the present and I just think about the moment and, and yeah, cause you can think about the future all day long. Like you were saying, thinking about the past, nothing's going to change it. You can think about well, the future, but realistically you can plan for the future, but yes, I, I, under, I understand. But usually my planning is just an extension of anxiety, like stress about the future. And a lot of times it's stress that's completely out of your hands. Like you don't know what's going to happen. It just, you have to just wait and see. Um, but I, for some reason, not logically think, but, you know, think that if I think about something long enough, it's, I'm somehow going to find a solution somewhere, but you're not, you know? No. I, and that's where faith comes in for me. And I know you don't want to hear about this, but that's where faith comes in is that I don't have to worry about the future because okay, I don't have the control. Of I got nothing against already, faith. He already, he already knows the future. There you go. Listen, so really as long as it gives you comfort and you're not hurting anybody, I I don't give a fuck. Like, that's great. That's great. And, and honestly, like, there's so many amazing things about religion and, and what it does for people spiritually, emotionally, and, and more than anything, what the, the, the community that it brings. Because it really is a tremendous force when you, like, for example, when I, when I went to Australia and I got connected with one of my dad's friends who was Jewish and... When I literally stepped foot on Australian soil, I mean, all, the entire Jewish community opened their arms to me and was like, if you need anything, we know your dad. We are friends with your dad in South Africa. Come to Shabbat dinner. Come to, you know, the Seder. Come to whatever. We got you. Oh, you need a place to stay? Stay at our place. Like, people that are part of a community really go out of their way for other members of that community. And that is, like I said, a tremendous force. And I think, and again, that had nothing to really do with religion. It's not like we're going to temple together or anything, but it was just like, Hey, you're one of us. You're part of the in group. If we, if you need anything, there was just an unbelievable amount of support that came from complete strangers to me, just because we happen to belong to the same, you know, ethnic religious group, whatever. So I understand. I think that that really is the greatest part of religion is is the the sense of community that it brings to its members. Have you ever been to a bris? No. Good. Now my last question. I got to run. Yeah. Um, you were talking about the whole thing today on the morning show, as far as being nosy. Yeah. And maybe sometimes going too far when you ask questions. Sure. And I'm with you. I'm so guilty on that. I don't think anything of it at just asking questions. Because if somebody, like, texts you or, or divulges information to you, like, oh, I got a new cat. Well, what's the cat's name? What kind of cat is it? How old is it? It's just how oh, I won't be asking work. those questions about cats. But, yeah, yeah, I will. I don't um... care about cats. I hate cats. All right. I'm more. What I'm just all right. trying to say is, mm-hmm. all right, you were talking about theater of the mind. Okay? I don't want to bring that back up. But theater yeah. of the mind. I would do the same thing, but I do it verbally with people when they talk about, oh, I got to take my pill at 130. Well, what kind of pill is it? 
What's it called? What does it do? I want to know. I'm just inquisitive. I've been, since I've been in this medical drama situation for the past three and a half years, I'm learning from everybody. I learn from doctors, nurses, CNAs, PCAs, everybody that's got something to learn. I'm learning this entire time. And when I'm not learning from people, I'm learning from my phone. I'm learning from the TV. Even just listening to you divulge knowledge this morning. Yeah. Or not even this morning, just now on your show. Yeah. I had two PCAs sitting behind me listening to every word that you're saying, and they're just oh, no. mind blown. They, they felt like you were speaking to them, you know, when you were talking about the things in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you are fire. Oh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate you uh, more than you know. So thank you. Thank you for calling in. And and I hope uh, keep the positive attitude. Appreciate you. Always. All right. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. See you tonight. 199 on the rumbles, 8 to 10 uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Yes. Um, It's important to have a good outlook, as we've seen from Joe, because, listen, you're going to have to go through life anyways, unless you kill yourself, which I don't suggest doing. Um, So you might as well try to enjoy as much of it as you can. That is kind of my my outlook. And there's something else that I wanted to discuss that Joe uh, brought up the community, religion. I don't hate, I don't hate religion. And I think that it's, it, it's capitalized on a lot of great things and and it brings people comfort, which is something that it's hard to find something else that brings people as much comfort as religion. Other than like, you know, comfort food, but something that that makes you feel like you are part of the in group, that they that they got you if if anything goes down, um, that they're going to be there to support you. Uh, that is that stuff that's hard to replace. So, you know, you can hear me spew all that I do about like, well, there's no evidence of God and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't think there's I don't think God exists and I'm an atheist. Da, 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 but. Really, there's really nothing to replace a, a group of shared faith because that's really the the crux and the core of how a lot of people spend their lives and the, where their values come from. And you can't really replace that with like, yeah, a, like a pottery class, you know, like you're just not going to get the same kind of community and support from the church as you will from like your Bulgarian basket weaving group like it's just not going to be the same so uh yeah that is something that i that i feel like i i miss out on as a person who is not of practicing faith of any faith that is because it's just um i don't believe it so even though i think that there's benefits to it i i don't have the um the ability to just be like well i'm just gonna forgo all my logic just so i could be like you know, invited to a group. This is my family. The BRN is is my family and the people that I see every day and I have close friends that are, you know, we don't share a shared faith or anything like that, but I know that they're there for me and I'm there for them. And to me, that's that's all that matters. All right, hello, who's this? What's up, DJ Home Sauce? What's up, Florida Stanley? How's it going? Oh, you cut out there. Hello? Yes, it's Florida Stanley. How are you oh, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you cut out there for a second. I thought I lost you. Um, what should I get? I'm coming up for 199 tonight. What should I get Lummy? Like a bottle of vodka or something? I have no idea what to buy him. That's probably fine. Uh, I think, uh, I yeah, I mean, it's going to get used, right? You, sometimes the, yeah. you, you don't, people try to get creative with gifts and I'm, I do as well. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just like old faithful, you know, if the yeah. guy likes so alcohol, he likes beer, like get him beer. And then, and then like a gallon of Gatorade or something. 
Yeah, I think he kind of likes the individually packaged Gatorade. Not maybe like a gallon. I don't even think they sell a gallon. But oh, so like there's like a case of a case yeah of like the regular ones. Yeah, and I'd reach out to him, make sure that you get the right flavor because there's nothing worse than getting someone a gift and they're like, I don't like cherry. And you're like, fuck. Every time I've seen him on on air, it's blue, right? He's it's the blue one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so go blue. Yeah, so I go I know, blue. I know which color I'm going to get him. Go mm-hmm. blue. All right. Well, I'll see you later tonight. Awesome, awesome. I can't wait right, to uh, to see you there. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Just as a friendly reminder, eight to ten on Rumbles tonight for the Bubble 199. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be music, kind of people bopping around, and uh, yeah, you're not going to want to miss it. But if you do, it is going to be on locals. So uh, just keep that. In mind, um, I saw something interesting on the interwebs yesterday. I put it in prep, um, and it's it wasn't anything politics, uh, geopolitics, uh, health related. It was a very uh, strange story about a woman who was with a man and had a child with him and was married to him, and they both got hooked on drugs. And she goes to rehab, and he does not. And while she's in rehab, this guy ODs and dies. A classic American love story. Now, what's a little bit different, the plot twist here, is the fact that when she came out of rehab, she ended up marrying, dating first, and then marrying her widows, her dead husband's older brother. And now they're married, and they have children. So daddy-uncle is with the family. Now, I'm not going to play any of the YouTube video because obviously it's uh get a copyright strike on the deal, but um, that's a situation where I'm like, this is just a delicious meal of, of questions for me to ask somebody because that is what I am interested in is how did we, how did you think this was okay? You pulled a Hunter Biden where your brother died of brain cancer and then you fucked his wife. Now, I understand that grief can often be like a aphrodisiac. It can not in the sense that like, ooh, dead people, that's fucking hot. It's more the sense that you are in a vulnerable state and you begin to trauma bond. That is something I had never heard that term before COVID, by the way, is people go, oh, well, we were trauma bonding. OK, because you're going through an uncertain time. You don't know if you're going to make it through the, apop- the apocalypse of the virus. China that did not come from a bat, but rather a lab. Anyways, uh, and, and the future is uncertain. And I remember how scared I was at the beginning because I was like, fuck, is this going to take us all out? I mean, shit, is this like Ebola, but worse because it's airborne? I don't know what's going on. Uh, it didn't last very long. You know, it didn't didn't last very long. Uh, I I I was concerned about spreading it to others. Believe it or not, I was concerned about staying in my home and making sure other people stayed in their home. Trust me, I was I was I was I was full on that train. Don't don't get me wrong, because I mean, technically, you're right. Like a way to not get the disease or to reduce your chances of getting it is just to stay the fuck home, stay out of people's way, don't interact with the public. Uh, that is a way to keep you safe in the short term. As we saw with China, that didn't work out too well for them because none of them uh, got herd immunity. And then the virus evolved, and then it was way worse. And then that's when people started getting it, and then everyone died. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, during that time, I'm sure there... I was lucky that I never missed a day of work until I was fired for a tweet. 
So it wasn't like I was sent home. Um, uh, I was from Horn Blasters. I was furloughed from Horn, Horn Blasters. They asked me back, but, you know, at that point I was working with Bubba and it was, you know, it would have been really uh, hard to try to make it there, you know, whatever. Anyways, didn't work out. But uh, I remember hearing that a lot of people were, quote, trauma bonding. And I think that that happens when people pass away, too, is that you're in a vulnerable state. You got to think like these two people, one lost a husband, one lost a brother. They are devastated. They are um, sad, grieving, mourning, all of the things they were doing. And um, that makes any sort of like comfort and support even more alluring because you need it so bad. And so it's very easy to kind of, and you got to think like the brothers may have a similar taste in women because they were raised in the same home and she was obviously attracted to one brother. So why not the other one? It's probably the closest thing you're going to get in a lot of ways that, you know, they have similar values, like they like having neck tattoos and doing drugs um, and, and they get together. And so I was kind of watching for about 10 minutes this, because it was one of those, um, uh, it was like a little special deal, like maybe like 12 minutes or something where they like asked questions of the mother of the two boys and they interviewed the kids and they interviewed the woman who, you know, has children by three different men. I don't know how the third one slipped in there, but some somehow he did. So uh, interesting dynamic of, of, of people. And again, that is something that's a beautiful situation for me to just pry into, you know. Joe, the supermarket called in and was like, oh, when people get a cat, I want to know how old is the cat? What kind of cat? How much does the cat weigh? I don't give a fuck about that. You want to know if someone gets a cat all of a sudden? Do you want to know what I start asking? Why'd you get a cat? Oh, I I wanted a cat. Okay, but you didn't get a cat last year. You didn't get a cat in two years. You got a cat now. Why did you get a cat? And then people go, oh, well, you know, Brett said I was feeling lonely or something. And you go, huh, interesting. Uh, why were you Why were you feeling lonely? Oh, I'm going through a breakup. Oh, you are, interesting. Um, how do you usually deal with breakups? Oh, I usually, you know, fuck a bunch of guys or girls or drink a lot. So I thought I would try to distract myself with taking care of an animal. Not saying this is Brett's story. I'm just making it up. And you go, huh, interesting. So you're saying that you typically try to distract yourself with something? So, what, now we're down a road where I'm learning about you because you got a fucking cat. I don't give a fuck about the cat. I want to know why you got the cat. That's why. That's Those are the questions I'm asking because I'm trying to learn about you. Oh, you distract yourself. You can't, you, you know, maybe are not unable, but you need assistance in, in going through something either as a distraction or something to take care of because you can't take care of your partner because they left you or you left them or something like that. So those are the sorts of questions that you ask to get to more of the core of, how someone operates and who they are. So anyways, for any for anybody who is interested in, in being a... I wish I got money. I wish I got paid for this. I don't. I can't. Have I looked into how to join the CIA? Maybe. Not so much because I was going to join, but because I was just curious about how one gets into the agency. Um, The problem with the CIA... I mean, there's lots of problems. The problem of me joining something like the CIA, besides the obvious, I'm too old and I'm too much of a, quote, public figure, um, is the fact that I am also a little bitch. I'm a pussy. I'm very scared of a lot of things. 
And if you want to be doing fun stuff in the CIA that, you know, people are interested in hearing about and the stories we're telling, you have to do some dangerous ass shit. You know what I mean? And um, it's really hard for me to keep straight face. if I'm trying to be serious. And, you know, like when I was calling the helpline, the 188 admit it or whatever for gambling. I mean, I was pretty much laughing on the phone trying to be serious, but couldn't. So there's really no way that I would be able to immerse myself in a different identity, in a different country, trying to pretend that I'm something that I'm not because I feel like I'd be pretty easy to crack. Um, But yeah, so those are the people. The people doing the dangerous stuff are the people I'm most interested in. But unfortunately, I don't want to do that job because I am a pussy. So yes, I like asking a lot of questions. Um, and back to this story about the woman who, you know, got together with her late husband's brother. And it's funny because, like, everyone was like, oh, that's so weird and awful. And it's like, yeah, but it also kind of makes perfect sense. This guy already knew this woman. She already knew him. The brothers are kind of similar. Uh, it It's honestly the best, the next best thing if you, the father dies, like, the uncle steps in to take care of the kids. So it was kind of one of those, like, perfect situations, but kind of weird. Are we honoring the dead brother's wishes? But he was never really asked about, hey, is it okay if you, you know, your brother starts fucking your wife once you're dead? I don't know. Does it really matter? It's one of those things where it's like dead people's wishes matter, but they don't. You know, you try to honor it, but at the end of the day, especially someone like me who doesn't believe in karma or god or anything like what are they gonna haunt me what are they gonna be like you know mad in heaven i mean really probably not you know um i feel like i've probably done a lot of things against my let's just say grandmother's my bubby's wishes um bubby was a bubby was a big democrat But, you know, it's funny because, like, she was a Democrat, but I feel like she was kind of like a classical, I don't want to call her a classical, classic liberal or anything like that, but she was like a standard Democrat. You know, she was big on uh, women's health shit, uh, you know, propping up minorities, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think she was probably a big fan of affirmative action, if I were to venture a guess. Big fan of Hillary Clinton. But I'm like, did Bubby really know the things that I know? Uh, did Bubby just kind of keep it light and just kind of read the paper once a day and that was it? She wasn't like doing deep dives on, you know, InfoWars or anything like that. Would Bubby be proud of me? Would Bubby, and Bubby was of pretty sound mind when she died. But, you know, I wonder if Bubby would have seen what what is going on now in the news and go, yeah, this is not what I signed up for. This is kind of bizarre. Um, probably not. Probably at 94, you're just like, I'm a Democrat, I'm blue, and I'm phoning it in. So don't ask me any questions about it. I wonder. Because things have changed a lot since Bubby died in 2016. Um, and I think about that sometimes. I'm like, would she have co-signed with this? Because I feel like she was also, she was a nurse. Uh, not saying nurses can't be woke, but I think she probably would have been like, yeah, there's probably a difference between men and women. You know, she'd probably still be on that line of um, reality. 40% of students at Brown University have identified as LGBTQ+. Two pluses. 
Um, all right. That seems a bit odd. Is it just a really gay place? And a lot of gay people are attracted to going to Brown University. I, I don't know. Do people want to be special? Probably that. Probably that. Like, it's it's funny because, like, while everyone is trying to lean into, you know, their one 2,000th Native American, first American, whatever they call them, or, you know, the fact that they're brown or they're black or they're gay, like, when people are trying to lean into that, and I like to do the opposite, I start telling people I want to be white. I'm white, and, like, I'm kind of, like, borderline white. Again, I've had this conversation with people before. I'm like, am I am I white? And honestly, it just fucking depends who you ask. You ask someone who's like, you know, looks real Swedish, maybe. And they go, no, you're not white. But you ask a black person, they're like, you white as fuck. I'm like, okay. This is just the theory of relativity, I guess. How white I am. I don't know. I don't know. But culturally, I, you know, I'm American. I was born in Israel, but, and, it, and it's not like a flex, like, oh, I'm so Israeli, because I'm fucking not. I wanted to be when I was younger. I, I took three years of Hebrew. Do I remember shit? No. I just remember what my dad taught me when I was a kid, which is, uh, your mom's a whore. That's the only thing that I know. One of the only things I know. I know the prayers and your mom's a whore. That's what I know in Hebrew. Um, I took three years of, you know, learning vocabulary, how to properly conjugate verbs, tenses, pronouns before they were cool, you know, all that stuff. None of that stuff stuck. Your mom's a whore. That's all I remember from my father as a child. So, yeah, I I used to try to lean into the fact that I was like Israeli because I was born there. And I guess technically on paper I am, but I'm I'm not. You know, I stopped playing that game a long time. You know, because you know what? You know what's really humbling is when you meet real Israelis or, you know, real people from where you're supposed to be from. And they're just like, you are a fucking phony. You're a biter. You were just happy to be born abroad. You are American as fuck. You got, I'm like, you're right. You're right. So I just kind of like lean into that. I'm not going to pretend like I'm fucking something special. Everybody likes to be special. And if everybody's special, then no one's special. Okay. I feel like that's how I should end the show. If everyone is special, no one is special. Everyone's a special snowflake. Thank you for coming along this journey with me through the deep, dark corners of my brain. There's a lot there. A lot we didn't cover on the big show today as far as the cocaina, the actor strike. I heard Fran Drescher speak. She's real heated about the issue, but it was hard for me to give a fuck about, you know, Hollywood. But more importantly, tonight, tonight we have Bubba 199 on Rumble. I know, God, it gets so confusing. Where are we today? But you can follow along. Have faith in yourself. Don't have faith in God. Have faith in you that you'll be able, even though you're a boomer or you're a geriatric Gen Xer, that you will have the ability to find out where we are and how to to find us online, how to stream us live. 8 to 10 p.m. Rumble. Tonight for Bubble 199. Make sure you are there. Get your wallets out and ready to give to your favorite radio show to keep us on the air. Happy, healthy, and fed. Thank you guys so much. God bless. Have a great weekend.